0: To see sort of where it came from and what you guys are doing, what's it mean to you to see that century mark, the 100 years in business?
1: When I started at the age of nine, and there was so much work. I mean, it was hard work. We were putting 60 hours in a week when we were in high school. It just feels like that hard work paid off.
2: I'm extremely humbled to be part of a fourth generation as part of this. You know, looking backwards is is incredible. Uh, it, it's very humbling. But, you know, for me, I guess I'm, I'm much more forward for a focus now at this point.
0: welcome into the independent thinking podcast this is your host rob stott there's nothing better than being able to celebrate milestones with our uh members you know throughout the the nationwide family and. Uh, we've done that a couple times. It's pretty cool to see, you know, look back at just the last couple of months and being able to celebrate 125 years with Schuels and 70 years with Queen City uh, AVA and um, just a whole bunch of different members that are hitting milestones this year uh, and even over the last couple of years. Uh, Greer's, I think, had uh, over 130 years uh, in business. And we've got another century mark uh, to add to the mix, and that's with Silica for your home up there in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. And uh, Tom and Josh, the, the team there, third and fourth generation, uh, Silica uh, Schneider is working for Silica's, and um, you know, being able to have them on the podcast to talk about just what it means to hit that that 100 year mark of business, and get their perspective on you know how the business has evolved, what's uh, been able to you know what, what has allowed them to stay in business for that long, and you know the things that they're doing well, and um, just watching the business evolve. It's it's always great to tap into those minds, and at any point in time, and and then just to be able to do it around. You know, some of these milestones that our, our members are hitting just gives that extra special meaning to it. And they've got a great story up there. I mean, a business that in 1922 uh, was founded as just a, a small hardware store, you know, actually packing dynamite in the store uh, at the time, you know, as we come to learn throughout the podcast here. And uh, just to see what it's grown to today and hitting every category, appliances, furniture, bedding, CE, uh, the outdoor space as well. Um, just awesome to to watch that business grow and, and continue to just be a, a meaningful presence up there, uh, you know, in their Find a Lock, Wisconsin community. And um, just fun to talk to as well. Just a, a great bunch of guys and, and happy to be able to have them on to talk about their story and uh, just what, what this this 100-year mark means to them and, um, you know, what it means to their employees, their business, their family. Just awesome to be able to share that, that kind of, you know, podcast with you guys. So let's just uh, jump into it. This is... Josh and Tom Snyder from the Silica for Your Home team on the Independent Thinking Podcast. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast and a really exciting opportunity today. You know, we we love chatting with members. We love celebrating with members, too, and we get to do that in a, in a really special way today uh, with the folks at Silica for your home uh, up there in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, a town I love saying the name. It's just fun. It rolls off the tongue, Tom and Josh. It, uh, you know, it,
1: this... it, it, it actually stands for foot of the lake. OK, um, see, I learned French, something today.
0: So, yeah, well, uh, there's uh, cool. some French influence in that community. So, uh, no, but I appreciate you guys both having the time and uh, jumping on to talk about a, a really awesome milestone for your company. One hundred years, 1922 to 2022 uh, celebrating that, that century mark in business. So first of all, just uh, appreciate you guys hopping on and, uh, how you doing?
2: Great. Great. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I want to start, you know, a hundred years, a lot of history to talk about. So, I mean, I kind of want to, you know, set the stage for you guys to run through it. So I, Tom, you want to start, you guys share the, the stage here, but walk us through that, you know, the history of the business and, and kind of, you know, what silica was back in 1922, what it is today and, and sort of everything in between.
1: So kind of a really cool start. Um, our business started in a small town of Silica. At that time, it was about 30 people. Um, my grandfather owned three cheese factories, and um, he would work with the local farmers. And he started selling pitchforks and flour out of the cheese factory. Decided that there was a little bit more of a demand, you know. So he opened up a hardware store directly across. And it was really a, a very rural area, and he, um, he mainly worked with the farm community. He would sell things like dynamite, you wow. know, everything a hardware store <laughs> would sell. So um, he, uh, he ran the business. Uh, eventually, um, my father took over for him, uh, coming back from World War II. So th- you can imagine the depression was very difficult. Um, they had a milk strike in, in, in Wisconsin, the farmers were hit really hard. And then we had a drought in the 1930s. Wow. So, you know, we can talk about all the things that we go through, uh, difficult times, but it was there too. Um, and then my father took over in, uh, actually 1951. And, um, he started selling appliances at that time. Before then it was mainly just hardware, housewares, things like that. So he started selling appliances. Um, he brought his brother into the business, and then he had um, eight children, <laughs> and um, th- we uh, all got involved in the business. But it, it evolved into that appliances became our number one product. Um, so fast forward, you know, we've we have now three locations. We had to move to Fond because. We were very rural out there. Uh, People would have a difficult time finding us. Um, So we were very rural out there. So we moved into Fond du Lac. We opened up the stores in Beaver Dam and Watertown, Wisconsin also. And now no more hardware. We um, focused appliances, electronics, grills. That all came from the hardware part of it. And then now furniture
0: too. So I I was going to add no more dynamite in the stores? No more dynamite. No, And actually that was a
1: it was needed at that time because they didn't have heavy equipment to get stones out of their fields. Yeah. Wow. That's so, great.
0: Crazy how times have change, but you know, interesting too, you mentioned the the challenges of the time. It just goes to show to your point that I, uh, there's always something going on, some challenge that you have to overcome and, and uh, you know, it's just different ways of thinking about it, whether, you know, you're talking about milk strikes or pandemics. I mean, there's something for the times, right? Exactly. No, that's, that's, exactly. Cool. So, I mean, you know, to to see sort of where it came from, and um, you know, what what you guys are doing, what's it just mean to you to to see that century mark, the hundred years in business? What does that, you know, you hear that and you kind of think about all that history? What does it just to each of you? What's it mean?
1: Well, for me, it was so much pride because I have fifty years into it. I started at the age of nine, and there was so much work. I mean, it was hard work. Um, we we're putting sixty hours in a week when we're in high school there during the summers and getting home and, and helping at the store. Um, it just feels like that hard work paid off. You know, there's so much pride. You, um, all that work paid off and people enjoyed it. So I, for me, it, it's, um, it was all that hard work, everything that we put into it, um, got us to a hundred years, which is really cool.
0: How about for you, Josh? Well,
2: and, and obviously I, I echo a lot of uh, Tom's thoughts on that too, but I, I'm, I'm extremely humbled, uh, to be part of a fourth generation, uh, as part of this, um, you know, I didn't have the same experiences, um, that, you know, me stepping in when I did, uh, we were much more established, uh, had, had a lot of, um, you know, our, our roots and everything were, were really there by the time I had gotten involved in everything, um and I got a chance to really learn uh, from the best I feel and, and keep evolving from there. Um, and now, I mean, it, it's really, for me, you know, looking at that century mark, how do I get it to keep going, you know, from here? so it, it's, you know, looking backwards is, is incredible. Uh, it, it's very humbling. Um, but, you know, for me, I guess I'm, I'm much more forward for a focus now at this point.
0: Oh, that, that's awesome to hear. One of the things I love about, getting to talk to, uh, independent and family run businesses that is the perspective of getting into the business, right? Uh, you know, what, what was that path like for you? And and being able to do it with two different generations is, uh, you know, it, it'll be kind of cool to, to juxtapose you guys against your experiences getting started and, and whatnot. So I, Tom, if you want to start, you know, what, what was your path? Was it predetermined? It was, yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, it was, it was, uh, in, in some ways, unfortunate, but very fortunate. Um, it was a path of, we had, so I had uh, seven brothers or six brothers, one sister. So there were eight kids in our family. Dad, when he took over the store, he, he, he had a path for us that we we're all going to work at the hardware store. We we're all going to do something. I was the youngest of eight. So that was predetermined. Um, and so, so we got involved. You, did you get the,
0: the leftover jobs? Is that what it is? Like the, the sweeping of this? Exactly the, yeah. what it <laughs> Yep.
1: yep. And, and so that part was predetermined because, yeah, I was going to, I actually started in a service truck at nine years old. Wow. And with my brother and by 11 year, years old, um, if we had two products in the house that needed repair, I was repairing one of them. So that was there. Um, what I didn't know was going to happen was all of a sudden, as I got older, a desire to be, be involved in the business to, to actually grow the business, to take over the business um, which can be complicated in a family business, but it worked out really well. And uh, the support I had from the family, um, the, they, you know, they supported my decision that I wanted to take over and uh, tell you what I had the uh, unbelievable brothers who just wanted to be servants to the customers. That's what they enjoyed. So um it was a cool path. It, it really worked out well, but, um,
0: before we, before we jump over to Josh, I, you know, what, what sort of, cause that's, I mean, you hear some very different stories, especially in a group of, you know, 5,000 members of nationwide and uh, very different tales that you can get, but what sort of was the success? Like, what do you think were the keys or, you know, thing or two that you could pick out? Like, why was that successful for you? The, the way you, you know, the family sort of worked things out and, and, You know, we're comfortable with you sort of taking over the the business.
1: Yeah, I think think because from a young age, we were taught to be servants to customers. My dad was never afraid of that. That's what made him such a good businessman is he never was afraid of that. So we were taught that part of it. But as Josh said before, the forward thinking, how do we grow? How do we how do we look at, at, you know, different things that we can do? Um, And how do we put that into words now? Now you're getting larger than the family. So with, with dad, he had, a, he had a business meeting every night at the dinner table. Okay. So the culture was set. So now we start hiring outside. And I think that one of the challenges I had, and I, I embraced it was how do we teach those folks? How do we teach that you're part of this family and this is our culture and this is how you act. And so I think that was the one thing that I, I, I will give myself credit for is that I was able to communicate that to others. And that helped us uh, keep our culture, keep our personality, you know, make sure that we were we stay consistent with that part of it, even though we changed and had to be innovative and uh, sold
0: different products. No, that's that's awesome to hear. Um, I think insightful, too. So pretty cool to, to be able to get that input. Uh, J- Josh, the, the upbringing, I, you know, same question. Pre, did you feel predetermined, uh, predestined to be part of the business? mine, I
2: don't think was as predetermined as Tom's was. Um, but you know, for me, so my, my dad actually, uh, was, um, uh, Joe, one of uh, Tom's older brothers, um, he managed our first satellite store in Wapan when we opened that up in 1986. Um, so right around the age of nine, 10, uh, one of the ways my dad's putting in a lot of hours, I got a chance to see him was helping him out maybe during the summer, uh, weekends and stuff like that. I'd get in the store and he'd make me clean appliances, mop floors, um, Assemble TV carts, you know, just all those little little things that you know you, you can do at that age. Um, and I, I really enjoyed just all the different products, all the, the, the cool things that we had in the store. And um, I, I think I, I kind of fell in love with that aspect of it. Um, as I got a little bit older, um, I had a you know great relationship with all my uncles and they needed some help on the delivery team. So they, uh, they kind of asked, I had, uh, I was a freshman in high school and they, uh, they needed some delivery guys. So, you know, they asked, Hey, are you interested? And I gladly took that. Um, you know, I was actually getting paid then instead of, uh, working for uh, my, uh, maybe soda or whatever my dad would give me. So that, that was also beneficial. Um, and, and really from there, I think is when I kind of at some point made that decision that, you know, I really love the dynamic of the family business. I enjoyed working with my uncles. I, I loved working with my dad um, and just everything. And then just the rest of the employees, it just felt like such a big family for me. Um, and even as I kind of went through college and, and everything like that, um, and, and just kind of kept growing and getting different opportunities to, you know, manage the delivery team, uh, manage the inventory with the warehouse. Uh, getting in into sales more and just kept growing from there um it, it just gave me opportunities and I, I just really enjoyed that dynamic of, of just working really with not only our, our employees and then on the sales side with our customers and just building those relationships too um, fell in love with it and um you know just kind of tom trusted in me to to you know be part of the the organization long term and and to where we're at today so
0: Oh, that, that's cool to hear too i again so not too different right you know i mean uh, different generations but like just that 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 being bit by that bug is there and you know i, I wonder is there a, can you each of you think of a moment like what is there one thing that you know you felt was the hook that really made you feel like this was more than just a, a job and you got to, you could turn it into the passion and, and career that it's become
2: you no know, for me i i would say it was really um when i was getting kind of in between, uh, from deliveries into the sales aspect of it. Um, when, when you're all of a sudden you're, you're working directly and you feel like you're actually affecting people's lives with, you know, you know, you're selling them stuff that they love that you're making their lives better by, by doing that. Um, to me, I think that's what really, really hooked me, um, and got me into it. And then, you know, from there, just, uh, I, I got more interested in just, crunching numbers and, and, you know, getting involved in, in all the metrics of a business. And, um, you know, especially when I got into more of the management, uh, working with my team and and just trying to grow them then as well. So it was, it, I guess it's been a, it's an evolution. I can't say necessarily one thing, but I, I'd say it was kind of that transition between delivery and sales uh, for me. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. I would say for me, so as I mentioned earlier, it was, um, More of dad had it set up that we're going to be in the family business. So really didn't, to be honest, didn't really give us a vision of college. So none of my siblings went on to furthering education. And um, all of a sudden I got to the age of probably around 23, 24, when we had our shareholder meetings and and all of a sudden I started looking at financials because I was thinking maybe this isn't for me. Um, and then the challenge of the business part of it, which that's where I really jumped in said, yeah, this is one, where I want to be forever. I did everything prior to that. I was, you know, service, delivery, sales, as, you know, Josh yeah. has talked about. But I think that was a hook. And it was a little later, you know, than um, I think dad expected it to be. But I, all of a sudden there was a different challenge for me that was like, OK, this could be my career. And by the way. I know a lot about it, which makes it, you know, now I just have to learn a different division of it. And then the challenge of growing all of a sudden hit me. It's like, okay, okay, what can we do from here? How can we change all of the good things? And um, and and everything was in motion. All I had to, I just don't blow what's good, what's here. Just right. modify it a bit or, or grow.
0: Gotcha. Well, looking at the business today, I mean, what when you think about, customer coming into a a silica store what is sort of that expectation that you hope to set that shopping experience like what what are you going for and what what do you want that customer to uh, you, you know what kind of experience do you want them to have while they're they're walking through your store
1: it's not a transaction it's a friend you know there's so much laughter on our floors um when people walk in we 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 feel like um And that was part of being in an old hardware store in the middle of a a small town. Yeah. You know, I think it's a small town feel. And, you know, we have built so many friends over the years. People walk in and it becomes contagious because other people who may have never shopped at Silica will walk in and hear this laughter going on, hear this relationship going on and say, I just want to be part of this. I want to feel part of that. You know, it's that's what I think is kept us. That that's a feel of our floor, um, and when you walk out of here, you bought something, but you didn't feel like you were sold something.
0: I, it's interesting because, like, yeah, I think that's something that most businesses, any company, really, whether retail or any industry, you, you kind of strive for, right? You want to have that sort of camaraderie amongst the the staff and that and employees, and you want it to, You don't want to feel like coworkers. You want to feel like friends. So, I mean, is, that's obviously years in the making of building a culture uh, uh, that supports that and um, allows you guys to do that. It, what are so, uh, hard to kind of sum it up in a few words, but what do you think is important for, you know, a, a retailer to try to build that kind of culture?
2: Be Genuine, you know, that, that, that's the biggest thing is, um, you know, when you're engaging, whether it's your, your customers, whether it's your employees uh, you got to be true to yourself, um, you know, and, and really, you know for us it, it's been about family it's been about um treating everybody with respect and 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 care and you know you just keep you know bringing that out it's it, um once you sow those seeds it, it's uh and everybody buys in on it it's very easy i think
1: and i would agree uh you know it, it's the smile when they walk in it's the being genuine it's um you know, and then all the other tools you need as a salesperson to be helpful, to know the product and all that. That that all is a part of it. we're not discounting that. We're just saying our personality and how people feel is started with those things. You know, smile, genuine, friendly, fun. Um, and and that's the the, the start to, of building a relationship with someone.
0: And I imagine I I mean kind of lends itself to my next question which is just about the the staying power do you think uh, culture i imagine has a big part to do with staying power of a, a company being able to you know be around for a century uh plus and you know at this point and uh, any other i mean you could dive deeper into that if you want to any other you know factors that you think sort of lend to uh you know sil- silica being able to celebrate 100 years in business this year
2: for me i think it comes down to really three three things three core things um you know, great employees, you know, you, you can't stick around and, and grow without having great employees, as, as we've kind of talked about uh, throughout this. Um, the other thing is just that that continuous customer first, that customer centric culture uh, that that we have uh, with that. And then, uh, you know, the last thing, too, is just you got to adapt, right? You know, over the, the hundred years, you know, whether it's been the Depression or a World War or, um, you know, the, the pandemic. Um, you know you, you have to be able to adapt to whatever is in front of you and um, otherwise you you will, you know at, at some point uh, fade away. Uh, so if, if you're not adapting, you're not going to stay relevant in your marketplace. So I think those are really the three core things uh, for us that have kept us relevant over the last hundred years.
1: Our personality has stayed the same. The way we treat customers has stayed the same. But boy, we've made a lot of we've made a lot of moves. we made a lot of changes. We moved, we opened new locations. We moved from the little town of Silica, which was hard for me because my heart was in this little town. And we have, you know, people would travel from 50, 60 miles away to come to this old hardware store out in the middle of nowhere just because they got treated a certain way. So, you know, but we had to come to Fonelac because Lac was a larger community, um, competition, everything that comes into it. So we stayed the same our personality stayed the same, our focus on service stayed the same, but we had to make the changes. And look at in today's world, digital, marketing, that's all changed. And that's what Josh, when he, he uses, it's a great word, adaptability. That's a great word. You know, that's a great example of being able to change and we're doing, we continue to grow even though marketing's changed the way we do businesses change and all that stuff. So, I think that's what got us here and will continue to keep us moving.
0: From each of your seats, um, what do you think in, in your time in the business to, to you, uh, each of you individually, has been the most important change or adaptation that Silica has been able to make?
2: Speed of information, um, You know, whether it's been to the, uh, the, the customer itself, Whether it's been to our sales staff, uh, the information that's even provided on on a business level, um, things have just accelerated so fastly. You know the um, the manufacturers they're they're ever changing now. Everything is is so so quick. Um, You know, you go back over the last five years, it seems like things have doubled compared to what it was the previous ten years, and it just it it just keeps going so so fast. I think that is the, uh, the 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 most exciting and the, the most challenging thing at times uh, with that. Uh, just to make sure that you're getting that out to all the key people that need to have that information at their fingertips. Uh, you know, digital price tags. Um, online shopping you know the the, the customers themselves know more about the product a lot of times when they're walking into the store than our sales staff do because they're able to research this stuff so much uh quicker now as well um so it's um it's been a challenge but a a blessing at the same time so it's that's that's probably where i would go with that
1: you know one of the things
2: rob that i um
1: i i saw about 10 to 12 years ago was um Using the the young talent we have, and we have a lot of that, whether it's Josh, we have, you know, a number of people that are so creative and, and, and they adapt better than us old guys, right? You know, we, we, um, we can offer a lot of wisdom, but generally creativity is, is, is more to the, to them, to, and I was there, I remember that with my dad. I felt like I was a little bit more creative at a younger age. And as you get older, things are changing. So again, I'll go back to our people. And um, and when you have really good young talent or just talent in general, you listen to them, you'll, you, you you let their creativity come out, and um, it kind of gives you a guidance on where it's going instead of where you've been.
0: So, and hey, that's a, um, you know, I think, People would agree, uh, a hard skill to learn um, for someone that would be considered a veteran in the States, almost not hum- humbling might not be the right word, but just sort of to be open to that kind of you know way of thinking. I, I mean, it, it, is that something that you learned over time, or I, were you hard to be open to that, or what? What do you think sort of allows you to to be that receptive to you know the the creative talent around you?
1: I've always felt that I've learned, whether, you know, when I was younger from my older brothers. So maybe that kept because, again, you're the youngest. I I learned so much from them, you know, and then I brought that into the business. And all of a sudden, there's a different angle that you learn also. So I think I've always been open. And maybe maybe the humility of most of the people I know in the industry and my, my friends all went to college and I didn't. So I think there was a there was a part of my life that says I have to learn. I have to listen and learn from anyone and everyone, and I did that uh, going to the buying shows. Oh my God, my ears were open for how many years? You you can learn so much, and I think that became from part of that humility of just not going to college. So, no, I think it helped to, the you know, with that mindset.
0: Yeah, that's that's interesting to hear, and uh, you know, appreciate that and. Um, a lot of great, you know, insights and, and intel from you guys really on sort of how the, the business has, uh, you know, not only stuck around, but been successful for so long. And I, some fun things to ask, too. You know, obviously, 100 years, a time to celebrate. So what are you guys doing? I know, you know, some of the nationwide team was up there to celebrate with you. You had some, some cool things happening. What other things are you doing to, to celebrate this 100 years in business?
1: Well, the, what they came up was a big party. That was just a big party. It had everything to do with as many people from our community, online community. We started, you know, silica, and uh, have food, drink, um, all local people have family events. Uh, That was huge for us. Uh, We ended up with we believe around eleven to twelve hundred people come for the celebration, and um, it was just insane. Thank you. There was not a sale. There was not a product there. It was just a more or less thank you. We had a lot of old artifacts there, some old uh, giveaways, a lot of old pictures that people just people love history, and we dug up as much as we can. So that was the party part of it.
0: So um, I I got to tell you, I had access to some of those pictures just to dig through. It's so cool to see like uh, just the black and white photos of old locations and stuff. Just really really neat for me as someone who uh, you know half. The country away in in Philly here, but I can't imagine being able to go through that for you guys, what that was like to to see some of those things. I'm sure you see them every day, but then under the spotlight of, you know, 100 years and really diving in and just appreciating it it had to be really cool.
1: It gave us the ability to tell a lot of people our story and talk about those times. And, you know, so that was cool.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, As well as with the party, too. And one of the things that uh, being around 100 years, um, giving back to our communities that have supported us for the 100 years, it's always been important, too. So one thing that um, we did earlier in the year, we did a pay it forward sale. Um, So customers would come in and they would get five percent off of of our regular sale prices. And then in return, we had a list of um, eight or nine different local charities um that they could choose from then we in return donate five percent back to those uh uh, charities as well Uh, we actually uh, distributed those checks at our 100 year anniversary event uh, which was pretty cool a lot of people turned out for that um and then also in a September, uh, last weekend in September, we're actually going to do some meal packing. Again, going back to uh, delivering uh, back to the community. Uh, no Child Hungry, we're partnering with them. Um, so I know some of the nationwide team will probably be up for that uh, as well. But we're going to pack 70,000 meals and get them to all the local food pantries and, and families in need for that then as well. So some some pretty cool things that um, we do. And then every year, too, we always partner with the uh, No Child our uh, no Hungry. Uh, Coast for Kids and Toys for Tots as well. Uh, And that's in November and December uh, for that. So um, I'm sure this year we'll partner with them to make sure that we get a little extra boost uh, within the community for those uh, organizations as well.
0: Uh, That's awesome. Always cool to see the givebacks
2: happen. Yeah. And we had a lot of fun with the community,
1: you know, the the different trivia, you know, I, I think, I think what I found the coolest thing was that a number of our employees and, uh, and a number of the people from the community didn't know our story. And so it was kind of fun to be able to tell them our story. And I, I think the 100-year event for them, uh, for the, our employees, there was a lot of pride. There was a, a ton of pride because um, we made sure that they understood that the only reason we're here is because of them. And all these people are here because of them. And the impact that we have on so many lives it's pretty cool. So it was great. It's been a great uh, year.
0: And did you dig up anything surprising in, in going through all those artifacts, something that you looked at that kind of like, Oh, I forgot about this or or that you didn't know about the business.
1: Yeah. So, um, <laughs> there, there was an the article I'd never had seen, which was really cool. But my grandfather in 1931, December 8th, um, he had the hardware store in the cheese factories. And again, remember that we have, uh, Uh, The depression going on and all this stuff. Three men showed up at their door, all with guns, took my grandfather over to the store and robbed him. One of them stayed back and held my grandmother down on the floor at gunpoint. And uh, they took a a number of things from the store and they left. I I had heard there was a robbery, but all of a sudden I'm reading it in detail. And so there's a yeah
0: that's terrifying a number of different oh, wow.
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah just uh yeah there's a few things. There's there a lot of little things that were added on to a you know more details
0: in the story that I had not known about. But that was one of yeah. that's crazy. A lot,
2: a lot of layers of that onion that we got to peel back. It was pretty pretty cool. <laughs> well,
0: one one more thing I gotta ask, because I I mean anyone that you know looks at a silica locate okay, goes to your website, uh, the the caricature the cartoon tell me about the cartoon and what it means and the the story behind it so Smedley
1: (laughs) he's, he's named Smedley and we and at the event we had a bobblehead of Smedley um so if you remember I was talking earlier about our remote location so the only complaint dad would get on the phone was we tried to find you but we could not find you People would hear about us. They were driving out, yep. and it was rural. I mean, this is side roads. This is not on a highway. This is right. a number of side roads to get there. So in 1965, my father thought we needed a, some, some signs along the way to point people our way. And so we went to an uh, old oak shop and created... Smedley. And so, and he was used, he was pointing at that time. He'd be at an intersection. It's a silica hardware and he'd be pointing. So his first job was a directional manager. He's the original um,
0: like a uh, arrow flipper. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: So, uh, you know, and, and all of a sudden he evolved into our character and we used him in ads and we've never animated him to speak yet. And I'm not sure he's kind of a quiet guy anyway. <laughs> but he kind of represents uh, the, the bibs represent where we came from our heritage. You know, he's a service guy. He's a, just a normal country guy who's going to be friendly and take care of you. So that's where he came from.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Really cool story. And, uh, you know, one that we've had so much fun being able to tell and obviously, you know, in different mediums, whether it's the podcast here or having you, you know, come on our, our, uh, town halls and stuff too, and share the story there was really fun. And, You know, I know we're, of course, looking forward to having you in Orlando here soon before we know it for prime time. So uh, I don't want to hold you up for too much longer because I've taken up quite a bit of your time, but I appreciate it. And, you know, uh, we're pulling for the next hundred years for sure. So we're, we're excited to continue following the Silica story.
2: We're looking forward to it. Yeah, thanks for having us, Rob. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for everything, Rob.
0: And thanks again to Tom and Josh for taking their time uh, and jumping on our podcast here and telling the silica story. It's a it's a really cool one that you know we've been happy to uh, talk about and, and promote in a number of ways here at Nationwide Marketing Group, and excited to be able to do so again down in Orlando in just a few weeks at primetime. So uh, excited to get together with all our members and, and have them there and share their story even more, uh, you know, with a wider uh, audience there at, at prime time. So great stuff from them. And, you know, appreciate again, them jumping on the podcast and as always appreciate you listening to the independent thinking podcast and we will catch you next time.